All right, I, I promised you folks great coverage from VMware Explorer 2022. Nick, I don't think I've talked a single VMware product in this whole set of series of videos that I've done today. And we're not gonna break that streak. We're not gonna talk VMware specifically. What we are gonna talk, Nick Howell, global field CTO for cloud at NetApp, but we're not even gonna talk NetApp today. We both have embarked on crazy journeys. Yeah. I think yours is a little bit crazier than mine. <laughs> I, I don't own an Airstream. I didn't have a booth at VMworld. Okay. So, fair enough. Potato, fair. potato. Uh, potato, <laughs> potato. But, you know, I, I have my CTO Visor hybrid infrastructure, three racks, and a co-location facility, power cooling, locks, clocks, guns, the whole nine. Right. The one thing that me and Mrs. CTO decided is that there's no way in the world that we're going to have racks of computer equipment inside our home. Okay. I see these videos on YouTube. <laughs> there's literally two racks with a yep. all flash array. Yep. And the arrays plural. There's arrays in your home. Yep. The I get the question all the time, Keith, hey, why, why a data center? Why are you doing this yeah. whole data center thing? And I, and I can defer, hey, at least it's not in my house. Yeah. Why do you have a data center in your house? So that requires some backstory, if you don't mind yes, me pontificating a little bit. So uh, a year ago, I moved, almost to the day, I moved to Las Vegas, right? Part of the plan was to, uh, the reason we, one of the reasons we moved is because I didn't have enough space to create content. So when we were looking for houses, we definitely were, part of the priority was to find a dedicated studio space so I didn't have to co-opt a bedroom in the house. There would be a dedicated space away from everything. So we, when we found the house, uh, it was large enough. There's a third story on the house, basically. It looks like a giant single bonus room sort of situation. But 16 by 33, that's a pretty big space, right? Pretty big space. So part of that was I knew I wanted to do this journey of videos where I showcase from unboxing a physical array and installing it in the racks all the way up to decommissioning it because I've moved them, those workloads to the cloud and every step in between. And I knew it was going to take me at least a year or longer to produce that series of content, that journey. And I started it earlier this year with the unboxing, how to cable it up, how to update all the firmware. We're going to update ONTAP. We're going to put some workloads on it. We're going to do some stress testing, yada, yada, yada. The end goal is to get it where I turn it off. To do that, I needed a place to put some gear and I needed the gear. So luckily I've got a few friends inside of NetApp that helped me with a storage array or two now. I got a second one earlier this year. Um, but they see the value in it as well because I'm making videos not only about NetApp storage arrays, but other things that are going on, practical things that are going on on a day-to-day -day for any admin out there. So. We wanted to tell a similar story with the CTO Visor hybrid infrastructure. We started out with three uh, Dell 730 XDs, and then we wanted to talk about that journey. We are in a colo, uh, public cloud is going to come in. So one of the first projects that we did, we extended our data center out to the public cloud via 10 gig connection. We extended VDI out to the public cloud providers via VMware's solutions right uh, okay uh you can tell vmware isn't paying me for any of this so the <laughs> there's v better ways to do that uh, yes yeah the via vmware solutions uh the <laughs> i like that yeah. the uh via vmware solutions and then we uh 
talked about kind of their journey. The next phase was, okay, we need to bring those workloads back on-prem because they better, they were better suited. These particular workloads were better suited. But we were running vSAN. Yeah. And there's, in my opinion, a better way to do large-scale enterprise data center than vSAN. Agreed. vSAN is a great product for small-scale not so much for large scale. They agree with you too. There's a reason they're doing disaggregation and uh, CloudFlex storage. So exactly. Yeah. So uh, the the intent is to sh share the story. I've run into all the pain points. Like, okay, I want to upgrade. I want to do this thing, but it requires a firmware upgrade. Yeah. Where do I have time? These these are all reasons I want to go to the cloud. What have you discovered on your journey? Um, a lot of the feedback of day-to-day -day operational expertise that is somewhat invisible, and we know this, you know, being a former customer myself, I know a lot of these things that product managers don't get exposed to, that engineers that are writing the software don't get exposed to, but they're operational quality of life things that you constantly hit your head against the wall, uh, UI elements or update elements and things like that. So yeah, I've run into some of those things. I will say I've run into power management has been probably the biggest hurdle of the entire thing. That and noise. So the noise of a storage array, I made a fun TikTok about this, uh, first power up of a 2U storage array, not even one of the big ones. And it's like a screaming fighter jet, right? Eventually it does idle down after but a while, but that sustained hum of, of gear running one, it's a hearing problem. There's a reason we wear hearing protection in data centers, right? right. If you're not, you should be. Um, two, the heat that it puts off when it's not directed, when it's not cold aisle, hot aisle directed, is also an interesting one that I didn't expect. I expected a little bit of it, but the amount of heat getting kicked out of the back of those is impressive. Um, so there, I've been dealing with, so power, good old data center problems, power cooling, and, uh, and floor management. And the reason why I wanted to have you on, because these problems, whether you decide to go all in in cloud, there's no all in in cloud. Yeah. We had uh, Nature Fresh Farms on earlier. 1.5 million plants per season with a IoT sensor gener uh, generating 25 gigs of data per sensor per season. Woo. An incredible amount of data. Watch that interview. I'll link it above. But Edge will have this problem. Like your two rack, your two rack setup is not, you know, not unthinkable for average Edge type deployment. If you have retail or whatever, so you have power cooling problems. So I want to go into some some level of detail for power and cooling. So you're you're in this area. You're in this home or structure that's not designed for data centers. Correct. Like you can't vent out, you can't vent out hot to cool your pool. I mean, to heat your pool in Vegas. One, your right. pool in Vegas doesn't need to be heated. That's true. And then two, just the logistics is maddening. What are you doing for power and cooling? Well, uh, you said logistics. The logistics of getting it to the two 48U cabinets to the third floor without taking them apart was a small feat of strength on its own. Uh, and they were completely empty. The other thing that, um, so we'll get to the, the power cooling in just a second. The thing that I'm top concerned about right now, because all of those are just monetary costs. Right. Structural integrity, because they're on the third floor, is the thing that's been top Racks of mind. Heavy. As I add, they're very heavy, believe it or not. 
So they, when I start adding even more weight on top of those things, now I'm starting to go, hmm, do I need to pull the carpet up? Do I need to reinforce the floor and the, the load-bearing beams that are underneath that, that third floor that, to where they're sitting? Do I need to put a small riser there with, with a hard surface to the, for the caster wheels? On? That's the kind of stuff I, that's, that consumes me nowadays. Uh, Power-wise, it's Las Vegas. I'm in the middle of the desert, year-round sunshine. Uh, the very first thing phone call I made after we moved in was to a solar company. And I have 31, I have a 31 panel array uh, generating, it's, it averages about 50 to 60, uh, what is that, kilowatt hours per day. Right. So it's compensating, it's nowhere near covering all of it, but it's taking a lot of it away for me. Um, on peak days, I can see it get up to 70. On days where it's cloudy, it's down to 30. So there's a standard deviation to it. But it's it's really averaging out to anywhere somewhere just above fifty kilowatt hours per day. And then from a power storage pr perspective, are you are you using all of that power during the day and then just relying on the grid at night, or are you storing? Are you is are have you leveled it out through batteries? So we haven't do, we're not doing the batteries yet. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting on those. When we installed it, Tesla was having a shortage on the power, power walls. Wall, yes. We're still recovering from that a little bit. I'm waiting on the solar company to let me know that they've got them, and so that we can we can get them put in. So. We have, we're waiting to hear back from them, but I want to put at least two, if not four, because I'm capacity planning. Um, we're also looking in the next year or so to switch to EVs. Um, we're looking at uh, a company called Snap that makes a digital main breaker panel. So all of your, that you can then control your critical workloads with your iPhone, dragging and dropping right. icons. I mean, all of that stuff. I mean, we're looking at doing some major electrical overhaul I mean, the the racks are only a part of that. Yeah, the the getting that much electricity into the yeah. house, period. Because the panels are are great, but the power is subdivided. Right. And traditionally, you want three phase power. We're getting into data center geekiness. Yeah. If you want to learn more about the data center geekiness that is at Data Center, do yeah. how, how do people find out more? Yeah, absolutely. Hit me up on Twitter or something like that. But uh, yeah, the, well, I think we've got a 200, 300 amp breaker or something like that on the main right now. That could e we could easily exceed that once we start putting in EVs, once we start doing some more uh, digital type stuff, once I start actually running real workloads. Right now, I fire yeah, up... They were just, just mainly idle, right? They, they mostly idle right now. I've got a couple of shares that run off of the storage right. arrays for my own stuff. Um, mostly doing data migration testing between Synology's, like prosumer Synology, uh, eight bays to some of the, the flash arrays that I've got. So testing out throughput and bandwidth and configurations and things like that. But I, I'm not even what, running anything on it yet. what they were built for. Right. They're, they're, you know, maybe right. this analogy is doing what it's built <laughs> I'm for. I'm using 1% of yeah. what they were built the, for. I have this problem in yeah. my data center. <laughs> uh, but we also have the problem, the share problem. What do you do for internet bandwidth? Because Option, you know, you're, you're a data guy. So yeah. when you're talking about sharing data into the cloud. I love that you asked that question because the middle step of that long journey is that eventually I'm going to run out of capacity for power, cooling, and bandwidth. So I'm going to have to look at going to a colo facility potentially. So I might keep my edge location at my house, but uh, maybe some NUCs, maybe a couple of VMware servers with some local storage. Who knows what that looks like? Maybe the Synology that has 10 gig support. But at some point I'm going to have to move the big stuff to switch because I'm going to need that direct connect bandwidth. Right, and that's so, been the most valuable part of my relationship yep. with my data center provider. I can turn up and down a from not having a, a, a cross connect 
to having a cross connect and a connection into a 10 gig connection to all the perfect cloud providers. I can have that done within 30 days. Yeah. If I keep my cross connect up, it's just, you know, it's a call, uh, a couple of clicks to interface for Megaport, and I have a 10 gig connection. So that that's be, by far has been my the, the number one reason that's kept me in the colo. So do you have aspirations to bring that bring them along with you in the Airstream? I do have. So I, no, I don't. May have data the, center dude make a recommendation? I don't have the aspirations. Mrs. CTO advisor has been pushing this <laughs> on me forever. She was like, we need to build a data center in the Airstream. Like, do you know how crazy that is? So what if I said to trade in the Airstream for a larger RV style, like a bus, that has the garages on the back where you pull a car in. That would be really cool. But, but instead of putting a car in there, you, you put, put the, the, about the, six the, to eight the racks rack. on that each side. Be, yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. But we'll, we'll yeah. see. If, if you want to sponsor the CTO Advisor for the CTO Advisor hybrid infrastructure flying cloud on the bus, yeah. at CTO Advisor, at Data Center Dude, great content, great content providers. Follow the channel because me and the data center dude and some other folks in the community are talk, talk, coming together to talk about community and how we can better support the community and encourage more independent content. Until then, you can follow me on the web, thectoadvisor.com. Talk to you next episode of the CTO Advisor Studio at VMware Explorer 2022.